Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, February 24th, and we start with local news. The Murray County Commission urged state legislators to provide more guardrails of protection to the Duck River. Columbia's main source of drinking water on Tuesday by unanimously passing a resolution in support of a proposed bill sponsored by Representative Scott Sapicki and Senator Joey Hensley. House Bill 0447 would expand the river's scenic status parameters, adding additional layers of protection to the waterway, such as deterring close-by development. The bill is scheduled to be heard by the House Agricultural and Natural Resources Subcommittee on February 28th. According to the Tennessee Scenic Rivers Act of 1968, current scenic river protections span from Ironbridge Road to the Marshall County line. The new bill would further extend the boundaries of protection of the Duck River from Industrial Park Road in Columbia to the Hickman County line. The county commission voted last fall to adopt the state Jackson Law, which limits development within close proximity of water sources such as the Duck River. The county commission's move to adopt the Jackson Law would restrict the parameters of certain development, including a proposed industrial landfill on the former Monsanto property that has drawn much public scrutiny. Last fall, Baton Rouge-based Trinity Business Group applied for a Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation permit that would establish a tire processing facility at the former Monsanto chemical plant site in Columbia, The proposal sparked much concern from residents and elected leaders, which led to the proposed state legislation that would add further protections to the Duck River, one of the most biodiverse rivers in the world. Leaders worry that the proposed tire processing facility, or landfill, could potentially produce toxic chemicals that could result in runoff into the waterway. In addition, the former Monsanto Superfund site contains volatile and combustible pollutants like phosphate buried underground, site studies show. Past concerns have centered around polluted leachate seeping to the soil surface that could contaminate groundwaters in the Duck River. Residents showed up at the commission meeting Tuesday night wearing green to show their support of the eco-friendly bill. Mary Susan Kennedy, longtime Columbia resident and mother of local century farmer Sam Kennedy, read a statement from her son during public comments imploring county leaders to protect the Duck River. Kennedy's statement emphasized his desire to see the protections move forward since he lives and works alongside the river, which runs through his property, a farm that has been in the Kennedy and Delk family for over 200 years. The health of my family and farm depend on clean water, Kennedy read from her son's statement. Additionally, former Murray County science teacher Stephanie Sparks Newland has been actively advocating for protections for Duck River to keep the waterway healthy for the next generation to ensure educational and recreational opportunities. We'll be screaming for joy across the county if we can get the protections, Sparks Newland said. Commissioner Aaron Miller, who represents the 7th District, where much of the Monsanto property lies, stated his support of the additional protections. We all enjoy or take something from the Duck River in the county, Miller said. We have an obligation to do what we can to protect it. Representative Sipiki, who <clears throat> excuse me, who was present at the commission meeting, urged commissioners to make an in-person show of support at the 113th Tennessee General Assembly on February 28th. Representative Sipiki said the bill has a chance of failing if commissioners do not show adequate support. Concerned citizens are also penning their hopes on TDEC rejecting Trinity Business Group's 
permit application for the landfill facilities at the old Monsanto plant, which is within a mile of the river. In 2010, the Duck River was given the designation of most biodiverse river in North America. While some species have already succumbed to extinction, an additional goal is to maintain the river's wealth of over 500 types of species, some which are found exclusively in the Duck River. Derek Young, a graduating senior at Columbia Academy, has been named a finalist in the 2023 National Merit Scholarship Program. The finalists were selected from a pool of 16,000 semifinalists named in September. All finalists will be considered for the National Merit Scholarship to be offered this year. The National Merit Scholarship Program finalist certificate is a high honor bestowed upon graduating seniors due to their distinguished performance and high potential for future academic accomplishments. Finalist candidates are proven to have a strong combination of academic skills and achievements, extracurricular accomplishments, and potential for success in rigorous university studies. Young is the seventh student from Columbia Academy to achieve this honor and the third in the last four years. He's the son of Philip and Brandy Young, the brother of National Merit finalist Philip Young III from the class of 2020. He currently possesses a 4.60 weighted GPA and has received multiple university offer letters, including the University of Alabama, the University of Alabama in Huntsville, Tennessee Tech University, and Harding University. He is currently undecided. The selection of some 7,250 scholarship recipients is in progress now, and scholarship offers will be made by March of 2023. Scholarship winners represent fewer than 1% of the initial pool of student entrants based on official statistics released by the National Merit Scholarship Corporation. In every town, the streets and roadways are often cluttered with litter and other forms of garbage, and in Spring Hill, its leaders are working to promote a cleaner city. And to do this, Spring Hill's leaders are calling on the youth to participate in what is being called the Youth Litter Challenge, where participants will be eligible for cash awards. Spring Hill is getting even better at litter pickup and recycling, and it shows, Mayor Jim Hageman said. We don't take anything that anybody does for us for granted, and we know that the citizens of Spring Hill will work to make that happen. We deserve a clean city, he said. The challenge encourages younger citizens to take part in litter pickup throughout the city, recording each pickup's progress in a litter pickup report. This project was spearheaded primarily by Alderman Jason Cox, along with the city's waste management department. During Monday's regular meeting of the Board of Mayor and Alderman, Waste Management also donated $1,000 to the city as part of the program, which will be used as prize giveaways to participants. Cox is also founder of the Keep Spring Hill Clean initiative in 2021, which was a big a focus of his campaign to being elected to office. I've heard from members of our board and members of the community that they didn't realize how much litter was out there until they got out and actually did a cleanup, Cox said. This is what I want to hear from our youth as well. They get out there, see it, and now they realize that it is truly an issue and they have to be part of the solution, he said. Cox also campaigned to implement an Adopt-A-Street program with the city in 2022, which he said has now amassed approximately 13 miles in city streets being monitored for trash. It's really done a great job across the city, and some of it has been from organizations not even from Spring Hill, but those who recognize us and want to come here. Cox said. Going into 2023, one of the ideas floating around was how to get youth more involved in recognizing that litter is a problem, he said. 
Part of the program's main focus is safety, since picking up litter on the side of a highway isn't necessarily considered safe by normal standards. The Youth Litter Challenge page on the city's website lists various locations that have been deemed a safe pickup site and will be updated routinely as more areas are covered. We are always going to keep this list moving, so they always have spots they can go and clean, Cox said. Columbia Fire and Rescue's emergency call volume has increased nearly 19% over the past two years. 11% of that total increase occurred in 2022. In 2021, the permit volume for residential construction increased 27.9%. Non-residential construction increased around 14%. Columbia Fire and Rescue is strategically planning to accommodate this growth. Columbia City Council recently approved a complete remodel of Fire Station No. 1, in downtown, which will include necessary updates and create more space for added personnel. Columbia Fire and Rescue was also recently awarded a FEMA Safer Grant, which will fund additional positions within the department. To ensure residents and visitors will continue to receive the best possible service, funding additional firefighters, facilities, apparatus, and equipment will continue to be a top priority. Columbia Fire and Rescue is an ISO Class 1 rated fire department serving the citizens of the City of Columbia. With its humble beginnings as a volunteer service, Columbia Fire and Rescue has spent the last 150 plus years creating a legacy of service that continues today. Columbia Fire and Rescue currently serves over 43,000 residents in a 33 square mile area. Columbia firefighters respond to over 5,000 calls a year for all types of emergencies. Hosted by the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation and presented by First Farmers and Merchants Bank, the annual Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot will take place Saturday, April 1st at Riverwalk Park in Columbia. Proceeds from the 2023 Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot provide funding for Murray Regional Health's mobile medical unit, which delivers healthcare services to at-risk and underserved individuals throughout Southern Middle Tennessee by providing basic health screenings, education, and resources. A portion of the proceeds from the Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot will also support the Foundation's Wellness and Aquatics Center, Healthy Living Endowment, and the Columbia Parks and Recreation Department. In addition, the Murray County School, with the most participation in the event, will receive a donation to their PE program from the Foundation. The Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot is a great tradition for both Murray County and the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation that helps support our mission of providing important healthcare services for individuals who may not otherwise be able to obtain care, Foundation Executive Director Joe Kilgore said. We are excited to host the Mule Kick 5K and look forward to an exciting race. On Saturday, April 1st, the race will begin at Riverwalk Park in Columbia with an 8 a.m. start time for the 5K and a 9.15 a.m. start time for the One Mile Trot. Both runners and walkers are encouraged to participate. Participants may register for the race online at runsignup.com forward slash Mule Kick 5K. The Mule Kick 5K has become one of the great annual events for Murray County, and we are honored to be involved again as presenting sponsor, said Brian K. Williams, chairman and chief executive officer at First Farmers. We're thankful for the tremendous work of the foundation in helping to serve the health care needs of others throughout our region, he said. In addition to presenting sponsor First Farmers and Merchants Bank, sponsorships ranging from $350 to $2,500 are still available for those who are interested in marketing exposure at the event. For additional information, contact the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation at 931-380-4075. 
To learn more about the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation, the Mule Kick 5K and One Mile Trot, <clears throat> or to make a direct gift to support the Mobile Medical Unit Fund, visit www.murrayregional.com forward slash foundation. Rummage sale enthusiasts near and far are marking their calendars for the upcoming annual Kiwanis Club of Columbia yard sale, one of the largest in Columbia, scheduled for February 25th at the Memorial Building in downtown Columbia. Held from 8 a.m. until noon, the yard sale will benefit Murray County Imagination Library, an initiative of the Kiwanis Club to improve reading in early school-aged children. The Imagination Library mails free books monthly to children in Murray County from birth to age five who are registered for the program. The yard sale has been a constant in the community for almost 19 years. Kwani and Dwayne Beck, who has served as yard sale chairman on and off for 15 years, said for some, the yard sale marks one of the most anticipated community events of the year. It's a community event, Beck said. Some people have told me that the yard sale Saturday is their favorite day of the year. People come and find treasures. Some people in the antique business buy treasures there and resell them. It's an amazing 24 hours. Donors help us fill the Memorial Building on Friday, and it's gone by noon the next day. Visitors can expect to find items such as household goods, furniture, knickknacks, books, glassware, sports equipment, toys, and much more. Imagination Library was started by Dolly Parton in her home county in East Tennessee as an early literacy effort. It has spread to all 95 counties in the state and several foreign county countries. It was launched in Murray County in 2005, and the Kiwanis Club has been an annual supporter. This year's yard sale is dedicated to the memory of Doris Beck, Dwayne Beck's mother, and a devoted volunteer since the yard sale's inception, who died late last year. She was wife, mother, and grandmother to the Becks, and an accomplished seamstress who made dolls for newborns at her local church, Jackson Heights Church of Christ. An avid yard sale shopper herself, Doris Beck served as the yard sale's annual pricing specialist, which came in handy with all of her shopping experience, Dwayne Beck said. She loved yard sales and was always glad to participate for nearly 20 years. She loved to bargain, Beck said. Not only did she help with Kiwanis, but going to yard sales on Saturdays was one of her favorite activities. Beck remembers his mother spending hours of the day before the annual yard sale placing stickers on hundreds of various items from household objects to antique furniture. She was a member of the pricing team, and she'd be there all day Friday for setup, helping to price items. Her longtime experience as a yard sale shopper was a great help in that effort, Beck said. Hundreds of shoppers are expected to visit the sale from all corners of south-central Middle Tennessee. There is always a line out the door before an, about an hour before the sale begins. We have to say no early birds, please. We have a countdown and open the doors at the stroke of 8 a.m., Beck said. To donate, bring any gently used household items and furniture to the parking lot behind the Memorial Building today, Friday, February 24th, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. The only clothing items accepted are winter coats. Items not ex not accepted include clothes, other than winter coats, TVs, sleeper sofas, computers, printers, and monitors. What the Qantas Club does not sell on Saturday, they will donate to the Lions Club, which holds a yard sale later in the year. It's a great recycling event. We're keeping stuff out of the landfill. One man's trash is another man's treasure, Beck said. The City of Columbia has established a design competition to create an official city flag, and Columbia residents are invited to take part in the process by submitting their original flag designs from now through March 15th. The final winning design will be announced on April 20th. The city is excited to give the public an opportunity to participate in the design process, 
as it will reflect and symbolize our community. Designs can be submitted on the city's website at www.columbiatn.com forward slash 727 forward slash Columbia dash flag dash project. All entries will be judged based on flag criteria presented in the competition guidelines, then narrowed down to three final designs. The public will have a chance to vote from April 1st through the 15th on the final three designs chosen by the Columbia Arts Council. The winning design will reflect Columbia's pride, rich history, promising future, and embody what makes Columbia special and unique using meaningful symbolism and minimal color and design features. I couldn't be more excited about this flag design competition that will result in the first official flag for the city of Columbia, said Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder. A flag creates identity, establishes symbolism, and promotes unity, and I can't wait to see the final product. Our community is full of creative individuals from all walks of life, and I am particularly pleased that this will be a public-driven process. And I am also excited that this project is being led in part by Nathaniel Bliss, a local scout with Troop 111, who brought forward the idea as part of his Eagle Scout project. I encourage all members of the community to participate in what will be a project that will be historic in nature, given its long-term lasting effects, he said. Nathaniel Bliss is eager to see the end result of the process. I chose the flag design competition as my Eagle Scout project because I'm interested in flags and what they represent, as well as the impact they have on a community, stated Bliss. I recognized that Columbia did not have a flag and felt it was time our city got one. A flag symbolizes a city, its history, culture, and people. It unifies the community and provides something to rally around. As a proud resident of Columbia, I thought our historic city deserved such an important symbol. Basic rules and guidelines include, but are not limited to, submitting an original flag design by March 15th. The competition is limited to Columbia residents only. No compensation will be given for any design submitted. Only one entry per resident and all ages and skill levels are welcome to participate. For a complete list of rules and information regarding the Columbia Flag Project, you can visit the city's website at www.columbiatn.com. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Frick Hodges Hickman, 74, a real estate agent with Caldwell Bankers and Barnes, died Tuesday, February 21st at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Hickman will be conducted on Saturday at 11 a.m. at First United Methodist Church in Columbia. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. John Alfred Churchwell, 100, former owner and operator of Churchwell Sign and Arts Company, died Wednesday, February 22nd at his residence in Columbia. Funeral services for Mr. Churchwell will be conducted on Friday at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 12 noon until service time at the funeral home. Mr. Robert Carlton Derryberry Jr., 71, a truck driver for Premier and a resident of Columbia, died Wednesday, February 22nd at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Derryberry will be conducted Monday at 11 a.m. at Murray Hills Church of Christ. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Sunday from 4 to 8 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home and Monday from 10 a.m. until service time at the church. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. 
At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have lots of clouds with intermittent rain throughout the day today. The high will reach 50 degrees with winds out of the northeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of rain, 90%, with about a quarter of an inch expected. Tonight, we can expect showers becoming a steady light rain overnight. The low will be 46 with light and variable winds. For your weekend forecast, we will see more rain on Saturday with a high of 52. Clouds will remain on Sunday with rain tapering off throughout the day. The Sunday high will be 65 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, friends. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you have given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. More than 95% of people incarcerated in Tennessee will come home. I knew it would be tough re-entering society, and I figured I would need help. It's okay. Help is available. The new Tennessee Office of Reentry helps get jobs for people who have been arrested, charged, incarcerated on probation or parole. (laughs) Man, I'm glad to get some help. For more info, go to tnworkready.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Labor and Workforce Development, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm your host, Tom Price. And on news from around the state, 41 states have legalized medical cannabis to some extent. Tennessee is not one of them. Lawmakers, both Democratic and Republican, have attempted to create a system for medical marijuana, but all have failed. Some are so against it they won't even pose the question to their constituents. Memphis Democrat Jesse Chisholm is the sponsor of a bill that would put three questions to the 2024 ballot in November. Should the state of Tennessee legalize medical marijuana? Should the state of Tennessee decriminalize possession of less than one ounce of marijuana? And should the state of Tennessee legalize and regulate commercial sales of recreational use of marijuana? It would be unusual for the state to approve a non-binding referendum, and the chair of the committee quickly shot the idea down. Kingsport Republican John Crawford used ballot fatigue as an excuse. The bill failed, and its quick death tells a story of how far Tennessee is from becoming a cannabis-friendly state. Other bills to allow for medical and recreational marijuana have also not advanced this session. State analysts have estimated that legalizing medical cannabis could bring in more than $30 million a year by 2025. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Three, two, one. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Midstate Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. And now our final story. The 21st District Recovery Court will host its first ever singer-songwriter night on April 10th at the Franklin Theater. The intimate musical experience showcases the talents of Williamson County's very own Tim McGraw. The superstar entertainer, author, and actor will perform some of his greatest hits in a songwriter-in-the-round style event alongside Tom Douglas and the Warren Brothers. The stories behind the songs with Tim McGraw, Tom Douglas, and the Warren Brothers will be held Monday, April 10th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Franklin Theater. Tickets are available at franklintheater.com. All proceeds from the event will go directly to the Recovery Court to support its 20-year mission to end the cycle of addiction and crime in our community by providing accountability and compassion to nonviolent offenders in the criminal justice system. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great weekend.